Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Hello, O. I know that we affectionately refer to you as O <laughs> on Instagram. So I don't want to call you um, by your full name, but I, I feel like just for a point of reference for the people who have read The Ultimate Coach Book, I will say mm -hmm. your full name. So welcome okay. to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Orrin Harris. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, um, before we came live, um, I was mentioning that I've been so inspired with your content on Instagram. And, mm -hmm. and I was really curious when I saw your name in the Ultimate Coach book, which way the inspiration went. And, and to that, um, to that thought, I just want to read this line out of your bio before we begin. Is that all right? Yeah. Sure. He is a pioneer in human consciousness with a primary mission of creating heaven on earth, inviting souls to activate their true expression and live a limitless life of contribution, fulfillment, Enjoy. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that is not the most beautiful definition of being, I don't know mm. what is. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Tell me mm. more. Where did where did that come from? Ah, I came from a lot of devotion and the school of life, the school of my soul and the school of love. Um, revelation, realization, integration over and over and over and over again to, you know, and speaking to even the idea of being limitless or living a limitless life I, I discovered for myself and I believe that this idea of living our highest potential our truest potential we don't even really begin to approach that as a possibility until we get beyond ourselves or our idea of ourselves and so mm -hmm. our our wisdom, skills, ability, background, grit, all of these things are parts of our potential and our capacity to live, to love, to give, to serve, to fulfill our mission, our purpose, our destiny. And it's it's only one piece of the puzzle, you know, that which exists beyond our name, our history, our form, how we've defined ourselves, our experiences, our emotions, whatever we call that is this huge part of 
the totality of who and what we are. And that's where the, I guess, the reservoir potential becomes infinite now. And so, you know, back to the bio statement and like, like how I arrived at that as a, as a mission, as a purpose, as something that I'm devoted to, it's been both a series of consciously exploring, developing and enhancing myself and my offering to the world, my, like my giving my gifts, as well as simultaneously kind of being burned, that sounds a little dramatic, forged in the fire of truth and love and awakening to that which exists beyond the finite definition of myself, right? And so it's kind of been a path of awakening intersecting with self-actualization. So like self-realization and self-actualization, which now comes into the realm of potential and performance and, you know, giving our gifts in whatever ways that we are to the best of our ability. And so my, my pathway has been a combination of the two of those and, um, both sides of that equation, you could say, are fueling each other and essentially inseparable. And so when I say uh, love and how love connects to our gifts and the fulfilling of our potential is that love takes us beyond the borders of ourself or our ideas about ourself and opens up our channel to where God within, you know, life itself, our soul can actually move and express and give even more. And so that's why that's a key to living our highest potential or our divine potential, not necessarily just our human potential. And so, yeah, through a lot of avenues, I guess you could say, I've been cracked open died, reborn, <laughs> resurrected so many times in the school of life, in the school of love, in soul school, while simultaneously consciously pursuing and seeking knowledge and developing also my skills and acquiring, or not even acquiring, just becoming more wise, if you will, All right? And put, put the two of those together, that is a picture to me of heaven on earth as above, so below, as within, so without. Um, and, and also of, I guess, being more in harmony or unifying all parts of our experience, uh, you know, body, mind, heart, and soul or spirit. Like that's the whole being, right? Um, so I, th I think that's a, a, a pretty, pretty solid... <laughs> synthesis of a lot that goes into uh, that little paragraph in my bio and believe me we're gonna break that down that that's what this, whole, this whole conversation is gonna be about that you nice. that, was, that, was the, that was the trailer now we're gonna break it on down <laughs> yeah those are the highlights and yeah you are what steve hardison calls a master and mm -hmm. i would say because you are a continuous student of yourself and of all that is. 
your answer to my question was was like a complete embodiment of the multidimensionality that we are as human beings. Mm. What I heard inside of that, and you you talk about this a lot in your content, is the way humans choose to relate to each other, the way we categorize each other. Mm-hmm. And um, what is bigger than that, than the categories we choose is love. Who we are, our souls created from the source, which is love. Mm-hmm. And so specifically, I want to bring attention to perhaps some of your experiences in being cracked open in the category of being a black male Mm. and the way that you so beautifully show humanity that we, we are not categories. You are not the category that you appear to be. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that. Yeah. I, one significant point of realization that then became a point of conscious exploration was just realizing this phenomenon of people pleasing right and in a conscious or unconscious attempt to essentially gain love you know approval connection to belong to belong right we try to like connect in ways right it's like i heard this one time that we're seeking to belong but our soul is really longing to just be you know so like we're longing to be but we're trying to be long (laughs) and that's a a long journey (laughs) trying to trying to be long. And so, you know, my identity, mm, identity as a, as a black man, identity in society, identity as a, a son, as a lover, as a, you know, whatever my various roles are um, has essentially been continuously dismantled through realization, you know, and through, through realization, through confrontation, you know, just, and, and that's, that's kind of what I mean by being cracked open. And so, you know, people pleasing, I'm bringing that up because it was one of the things early on that I realized that people pleasing was an unwinnable game. <laughs> you know, if, if the win was like love really, which that's at, at the core, we're just trying to like be connected and be you know mutually respected honored and loved i realized that it it actually blocks intimacy and love right and and this is where when we try to belong and we're altering our being in order to try to be able to be understood we wind up even if it looks great on the surface and like oh everybody's happy you know deep down we wind up still feeling alone or isolated, right? Or on the surface, then maybe we're, you know, we're, we're being misunderstood, you know, and being judged. And then that, that feeling, that contracted feeling 
of feeling judged or being misunderstood or not seeing for who you truly are inside. Um, we can react to that through people pleasing or shape shifting and trying to fit into something so that we belong or we go in the other direction. And this is where I'm saying get cracked open, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Cause it's like, okay, I don't know exactly where this goes, but I, I know that there's more to me than, than this surface or a few surface layers that um, I'm engaging with. Right. So to be clear, I'm, I'm, I just want to understand, are you saying in your contortion to please people, you cause this in uh, this incongruence within yourself. Yeah, you wind up you wind up essentially in order to people please. You have to disconnect from your true self and already become an alternative version of yourself in order to try to connect. But even mm-hmm. if you connect, you're connecting mind to mind, not heart to heart, and so there's no real communion. There's no real communication. There's no mm. real inti- intimacy there, and it has its own side effects. One of them is loneliness. One of them is isolation. One of them is feeling unsupported, right? And actually, ironically, feeling like an outcast, feeling like you don't belong. Mm. And, and the very act of altering ourselves in order to try to belong is a negation of ourselves and a form of not loving ourselves. And so when we're people pleasing or trying to fit in or trying to belong in the name of love, we don't actually have the capacity to cultivate love or harmony or all the things that it looks like we're trying to do on the surface because we're already disconnected and not loving ourselves and we're out of harmony with ourselves. So it doesn't actually mm, create more harmony. All right. And, And this is where you know, if you really exaggerate this, this is where like fights happen, wars happen, violence happens, right? And then even when we seek to try to to try to understand each other, you know, it's like when the, I'm just reminded of when all the, you know, the stuff with George Floyd was happening, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have all of these people like that got shook by that and they got shook, you know, woken up to something right yeah. and then their heart's desire is like like feeling the heart of it and i'm not saying everybody obviously but it's like yeah. Ooh, how can how can i help like i had a powerful conversation with do you know jp morgan i do yeah i had a, a really powerful conversation with him at this time and i'm referencing that to, to illustrate my point here is that you have all these people like feeling some sort of way about what happened and then there's the response from the head or from fear. And then there's a response from the heart or from the being, right? And mm-hmm. what happened with a lot of people is the message from their heart, which is like, this is something that matters. This is something they care about. Also mixed in with their fear mm-hmm. and then had people like trying to understand, but still not necessarily feeling con- deeper connection on either right. side. So it's yeah. like a, a very, the sentiment is good. But then it's like lacking a real sense of communion or ability to actually empathize and feel another person because that happens in the heart. Because they ended up going into doing mode and they moved further away from being mode. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Which points to, you know, 
I, I started off by talking about how this occurs in our relationship with ourselves, but now it shows like in the human dynamic, when you go more into doing mode and, you know, let's say you're, you're, you're trying to do something nice or be in service to somebody who's distraught or feeling disconnected or has been oppressed or, right. You don't have any real power to be of service to them. Right. Cause they're, they're, especially if they're like, in a survival instinct or trying, yep. they're trying to come back into their own power. Yes. And right. And if they're trying, you know, doing the best that they, they can, then they're in doing mode as well. And so two people that are in doing mode, there's not a lot that gets done. Ironically. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone becomes a zombie. Basically. It's just like, uh, you know, um, and there is no heart. There's no core. There's, um, no connection. Right. And so I, I'm tying that into my path and, and the question that you asked me in this way. So as I had these realizations, like, okay, there's not much more is going to happen here in terms of what am I, what, what am I truly seeking when I'm people pleasing in the first place? I'm actually seeking connection and love, some fundamental things. The realization that it's not going to happen in that pathway, then is where I essentially opted out of that. Not, not like it just stopped, but I was like, okay, I could play this out. It's like an infinite chess game and I could extrapolate it out for the rest of my life and I'm still not going to win. Yeah. There's, the temp, there's the temporary appearance of wins like, oh, everybody's good, we're in <laughs> harmony, yay. And then it's like, but it's, it's not anything. And so making a decision, which is like kind of like, okay, I, I, I'm not pursuing that avenue then sent me down in another pathway into the unknown. And this is where I started discovering some things like what love really is and what self-love really is. And this intimacy and connection that I'm speaking about with another cracked me open within my own self to be more intimate with myself. I even had a statement that came to me one time. It was like came up from my soul. And I was like, I'd rather betray the world than betray my own heart. Yeah. I'd rather betray the world than betray my own soul. And by betray, I don't mean like in a negative sense. I mean, be true to myself and appear to create pain or disharmony in the perception of another. I'd rather, I'd rather that happen in living my authentic self and in my own, the purity of my own heart, than going the other direction and try to gain love, but never actually get connected with love. And in the process, betray my own heart and my own soul. So the ripple effect of loving yourself is that you're loving everybody else more. Yeah. The deeper you go into self-love, the more you realize there's only love, right? And so like self-love as a focal point, I mean, really it's all happening within the self. There's not really a difference between self-love and loving somewhere else. There's only love, right? But, you know, most souls, including myself, at some point, maybe their whole life to some degree are being confronted with the invitation into self-love, you know, and, and loving aspects of ourselves, parts of ourselves, and really getting to the deepest place in our heart where we might be, you know, the little child inside feeling scared or mm-hmm. alone, you know? And, and so that path 
which initially was catalyzed by the whole people pleasing revelation. Right? right. I'm like, that's that's not gonna that's not going anywhere. Um, was the entry point into a lot of things, self love being one of them. And many of the things that I discovered are not even things that I was seeking. I, I was like, okay, especially initially, I could just feel the truth of it. Hmm. And as I leaned into it more, I started discovering love more, true self-respect, sort of learning what trust actually is at a fundamental level. And then I start seeing all these other awesome bonuses, like being in the flow and the magic of life and like, why do I seem like to be lucky or seem to be in the right place at the right time? You know what I mean? And then I, eventually I started teaching about all of these things and sharing and mentoring. And, and it sounds like you became like a vortex for everything that you truly desire and all the abundance that's really waiting for you and yeah. for any soul that actually goes on the same journey of discovery that you've gone on. A hundred percent. You know, I also discovered or remembered how that a sense I'm a sensitive soul back then I, I didn't even hear never even knew the term like you know highly sensitive person sensitive soul I, I wasn't but I was very well versed in the sense of I was experimentally experimentally experiencing these things and that's what I mean by like a lot of my learning came from the school of life it's not something that I saw or learned in a book oftentimes I would see something in a book after I was already learning yeah. it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, oh, for sure. Or I'd start speaking about it intelligently and with precision. But I, a lot of what I learned and have learned in my life has, has come to me in some of the ways that I'm describing and, and being in moments where, you know, I remember one time I sent a text message to someone. The intention was loving and the intention was pure. And the person was, was triggered or feeling hurt and sent me back a message basically saying, you don't care about me. And I was gonna, I was gonna, I, I literally picked up the phone to like, basically say, no, 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 I do care about you. Let me, let me prove it. Like you're, and my, my soul was like, put the phone down. down. Yeah. And my identity and, and very innocently was like, pick the phone up. And ah. my soul was like, but <laughs> the phone down because I realized that what it looked like on the surface was an expression of love was actually coming out of fear. Mm. I was like, I'm fearing that this person is thinking I'm not loving, even though in my heart, I know I am. And I know my intentions were pure. So I was like, if I take this action, it's not about the action. It's about who I'm being. If I were to take the action, I'm actually coming from fear. And I realized that and I was like, oh, that's what I would be. That's that would be my actual offering, even on the surface. It might look like I love you. It's actually saying I'm not a bad person. So let's slow down with that. This is a really good point. Um, I want to slow down for a couple of reasons. For one thing, although eventually I think these will go on our YouTube channel. Currently, mm -hmm. they're mostly just um on the podcast, right? So people okay. are hearing this. So I want to break it. it down for that reason. I also want to break it down because something very common these days in the coaching world is this, I love you or saying loving you, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand uh, 
how is that possible? Or how can someone be loving with someone they don't know? And I'm first, I'm going to be very blunt and just say, well, the same way you can hate people for no reason, right? Right. But now I think that it's very important to go more categorically or methodically to understand what you're saying, you know, about that interaction with the Mm. the text, right? Because yes, you can say you're not responsible for how things land with other people. And at the same time, let's understand what it is to be loving and let's Mm. make loving, let's normalize loving. Let's normalize. I love you doesn't have to be a romantic thing. Let's normalize. I love you is a human right. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's really what I heard when you were talking about the text situation, right? The person on the receiving end of your text doesn't live in a world where I love you is normal. So Mm. if let's now for the next few minutes, craft this conversation for that person that doesn't have, I love you as a normal, Mm. how do we, how do we open up the heart mind connection of a being like that? Well, in the example that I was illustrating, uh, you know, there's the words, like there, there's perspective and understanding, and then there's words. And the perspective that we offer, the understanding, the words that we offer are really only as powerful as our being and where we're coming from. And so, you know, to play out the rest of this story, paraphrased, when I didn't pick up the phone, immediately the, the feeling inside that the tension initially got louder right and then where love came in was instead of trying to solve the tension that i was feeling in myself by reaching out to the person saying i'm not a bad person i was i i chose to be with myself to be with that feeling without analyzing it trying to fix it or making it wrong and in just releasing the resistance to feeling that a very, 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 in a very short period of time, it just, it kind of calmed. And I felt what I allowed myself to feel was love because of how I was being with myself and now how that then extends to the relationship now. So then anything that I said, cause then I like, okay, now I, whatever I'm going to say, if I'm feeling the impulse to say something, to invite that other person now the intelligence, because I'm connected to love, the intelligence of my heart knows what to say, how to say it, who to say it, when to say it. And there's a simplicity now mm. because of the, the, the beingness. Otherwise, it's complex. If you're trying, if you're trying, trying is, is a red flag. Like trying means you're already disconnected. Otherwise, you're, you're not trying. You're just doing your being. And so then now when you offer something, you're offering more than just the perspective and the words, your being is an invitation. Your being is sending a message. This is what happened in my conversation with JP. And, you know, he was seeking understanding and perspective, 
but he was seeking to feel more power in his heart and unleash his leadership and be, you know, part of the solution and not part of the problem. That was his goal. And how we actually got there, though, he messaged me uh, a few days later and said, you know, I really appreciate the, the perspective, you know, the wisdom. I learned a lot. He said the most impactful thing, he said, being in the presence in your presence liberated the shame from my body mm. and freed my heart. That's mm. being, he said, being in the presence of a black man who's not judging me while I'm being confronted with my own conscious or unconscious racism or, or whatever. He said it liberated the shame. You see, so that's beyond words that I could offer him as an invitation to love. And that yes. is a picture of what love feels like and is expressed, you know, that, that in a way that actually can penetrate someone's heart and be an invitation into their heart versus getting them more in their head if they're already in their head. I'm, I'm feeling and hearing that you, you just allow yourself to be in your soul self, which once we're in our soul self automatically connects to other souls that are open and willing. Right. Because now we're not looking on the surface and then getting confused or creating separation. Like, for example, this came up in another conversation. We're talking about like, you know, the riots that happened in Santa Monica. People are just upset, you know, the, with their, the, all the racial tension and kind of looking at that like, well, that's not me. I wouldn't throw something through a window. And it's like, yeah, you might not respond or react that way to the feeling, but we're. What, what, what you can see if you're looking from your heart is you felt that way before hmm. you had a diff. And I think this is where we get disconnected and we create separation and then we have very little power. But when you're looking from your heart and you're speaking from your heart and you're seeing from your heart, you can empathize. You can feel like I, f I feel you. Like we, we share something. We share the same pain in that sense. Right. And that, so there, there's a there's a connection there. So if you want to offer something or invite someone into more love or into their power or help them in that way, our power to do so is in direct proportion to how deeply connected we are to our own heart. Mm. And I'm just curious, how long did it take you going back to the tech situation? to be with your resistance and your feelings in that moment? It didn't take that long because part of the time that it takes to be in a transformational process is the resistance. That's, that's, it's, it's like there's resistance. You're already in resistance. But then if you have resistance to the resistance, now you're creating even more mm. time. Resistance to the resistance takes two forms usually, either judgment like I shouldn't be feeling this way or I'm ashamed that I'm feeling this way or fear. It's the, the fear that, you know, something negative is going to happen. You know, the feeling is going to be too much or it's going to be whatever. Right. And so for me, and I'm kind of oversimplifying this because this has happened over a lot of years, there's the revelation. And then there, this, this is another revelation I had. I was like, Oh, there's resistance. And then there's, 
resistance to the resistance. Resistance, yeah. <laughs> right? And so which is just more resistance. So mm-hmm. then to me, that's it's it's almost like it's the invitation. When I said being, you know, burned and open cracked open by love, it's like eventually you build or I built a momentum of realizing and knowing that that's the path, right? And then increasing the devotion because it's like, well, I can't act like I don't know now that that's the path. So then uncomfortability becomes less of a factor. In fact, you start to welcome it because the liberation that you're seeking in whatever form, whether it's connection or you know resolution or harmony or love with someone, it's just like at some point, the, I had been through that realization and through the resistance and the uncomfortability and got on the other side of it so many times that I was like, okay, well, now when I'm at the edge and then the resistance comes up, my energy is not being used to hide or to trick myself or to complicate things like there's anything else going on except for this one thing. <laughs> right. You can be present in the moment. Right. And, and you know, so... Are you familiar with the work of uh, Dr. Candace Pert? Uh, I, a little bit. I haven't heard her in a long time, but yes, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So she wrote a book. Uh, was it The Molecules of Emotion? And mm-hmm. um, in that book, she says that emotions are only a chemical response that take somewhere between 60 to 90 seconds right? And we prolong that in this process of resistance, right? Totally. <laughs> we, we, could, we could literally, we could literally prolong, like if, you, if there's enough resistance or inability to be with or permeate an emotion, we could literally prolong it for months or years, like literally, and it's literally like one point. And that's why if you penetrate that point, with your, with your will, with your courage, or if you just can't fight anymore, that's why sometimes miracles happen because suddenly you unleash all of this energy in, in one, in one moment. Right. And so that, that happened to me again, so many times that then my devotion really kicked in. And once you're in devotion, it's like a, I actually said this to Steve one time and he loved it. I said, devotion is like a transcendent commitment, right? Mm -hmm. At first you might need to use discipline to penetrate something like resistance, right? And then if you have commitment, commitment moves mountains, right? It's way stronger than discipline. If you have commitment, you don't really need discipline because you're like, I'm going in that direction. But devotion is like mama bear. (laughs) These are my kids and I'm taking care of my kids and their well-being in their life, period. I don't care if I'm scared, if it's difficult, if I'm terrified, if I don't know what to do, if I'm homeless, it doesn't matter. That's the frequency of devotion. Mm. And, 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 and when you, the more devotion you have, it's devotion transcends fear. Devotion mm. transcends resistance. It doesn't mean you don't have fear or resistance. It just means that the fear or the resistance cannot accumulate enough momentum to drive you because the devotion is now bigger than it. So the course correction, it winds up being faster. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not, not, not lingering around as long, right? You're not like, Oh, I'm confused. Like, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, there's no no confusion here. It's one thing right now. I'm afraid to send this text. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid to send this text. And 
there's really only one choice, send the text. All right, now you can work with like, you know, the, the side, two sides of, of love or expressions of love, the unconditional acceptance and not judging yourself for being afraid and, and being with yourself. That's like the water side of it. That's the unconditional nurturing acceptance. You're not creating unnecessary pressure on yourself through judgment. But what that does is that it creates space for the other side of love, which is the fire, which is the truth, the clarity, the direction, and the action now. And I've, I've learned that if you try to, sometimes if you try to jump to one without the other, you don't get very far. You know, it's like, if you have the, you know, if you're one-sided and you're like, okay, clarity, truth, I see the truth, you know, and you just use like will, will, will all the way, you can only get so far, but you're going to get stuck if you have not been able to be with unconditional acceptance and this nurturing more feminine type energy. And conversely, if you are being in the compassion and the unconditional acceptance and the, you can do no wrong, it's okay, let me hold you. And then the, the fire of the truth and the clarity starts coming through and you don't engage it, then that's incomplete as well. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and that picture that I just painted there that I'm calling like water and fire or compassion and truth is a more whole picture of, of love that I learned over time. And in the process, kind of burn through distortions about what love is. Like love means like love or loving has to look like one way, like soft. You yeah. know what I mean? Your, your child runs out in the street and if you're like, get back, you're like, you might not be like, hey, you know, um, you might, <laughs> you you might uh, <laughs> we don't you have know, time might, for that. Exactly. <laughs> like, run and might, mama bear it. <laughs> uh, right. You might want to tune in and, and watch out for the cars. No, you're just like the the truth is the fire is just, but that's, they're both love is the message. And, you know, that's, that's a very deep realization that I've had revelation over and over and over and over and over again. Um, that has enhanced my life tremendously and has been at the source of many, 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 many miracles as well. And I would say one of those miracles is the powerful exchange you had just to, to, you know, loop around uh, the conversation you had with JP, you know, um, just that higher level of love and creating space for him to release his shame. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That, that, you know, not that that was your intention, you were just, you know, creating space to be love with him. And, right. and that was the result, which is so powerful. Yeah, it, it was definitely a miracle for sure. And I was inspired, humbled, you know, just grateful. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I really feel like our conversation is complete unless there's something else you want to put into the space. Yeah, like how how would you summarize? What would be the top two or three takeaways that a listener could gain from our time together? Well, one, starting from the beginning with like the active side of like expressing, living your highest potential, giving your gifts fully and feeling, you know, like you've accomplished the reason for being or coming here, that love is the master key to unlocking your infinite potential and that 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 capacity expands 
by way of getting beyond yourself, beyond your idea of self, your identity. And love is the primary, one of the most potent ways of actually dissolving the sense of uh, separation and division that we have in ourselves and then allows more to be expressed and given through you, which would be the expression of your highest potential. So that's, that's one. Um, secondly, which is still in the theme of love is in order to truly love another in, in any form, we, we can only really do that to the extent in which we love ourselves and really become intimate with ourselves. And that happens through being with ourselves. Um, or one of the primary ways that it happens is being willing to be with any feeling, all feelings, all emotional states um, with equal compassion and care, because that's how love is. And essentially we are love and that's how love. So like, we want to, you know, live more of our highest potential. And if love is a key, right. And love is who we are, then, you know, getting the training from love, you know, how would love be with this upset with this feeling right now? And it would be love. Right. <laughs> right. And so, uh, so as we're being love and, and really devoting ourselves, which I guess is a, a, uh, another pointer here is allowing ourselves to deepen our devotion to the things that matter the most. And in this case, I'm saying love and self-love. Um, and then everything else kind of takes care of itself. Right. And we cultivate or awaken devotion in my experience through the willingness to meet ourselves in the uncomfortability and in the intimacy and vulnerability of that within ourselves and then with another, that's like the, the kind of direct path. Um, and then we can extend that love out in the sharing of our gifts and the expression of our potential. And thus creating the keys to heaven on earth. And thus creating the keys <laughs> to heaven on earth. Exactly. Bring it all <laughs> the way back to, yeah, to, to heaven on earth. And um, I guess the last thing I'll say, which is just, you know, in addition to that is this is where like the most effective action in terms of doing is our action and our doing is only as potent, powerful, and effective as our being. And so when we prioritize who we're being, that is the most potent thing we can do <laughs> in terms of moving moving towards whatever goal, mission, intention, or desire that's in front of us, right? So being is, is primary. And you, you add that to love, you know, or add that along with love, then you've got a really, a really good thing going. Yeah. Ultimately, being devotion. Yes. Yeah. We're all, de we're all devoted to something. Yes. We're all trusting something. We're all committed to something. It's just, what is that? Is it the self who you imagine yourself to be? Or are we committed and devoted to maintaining that? Or are we devoted to something bigger than ourselves? Love, the divine in us, 
our purpose. Yeah. And through, through that, we can, we can change the collective consciousness. Yeah, for sure. And it's really at a peak right now in terms of, you know, us consciously pursuing this and alongside of being forced into being doing things together, you know what I mean? And being more in intimacy together and realizing the unity that exists beyond the, the surface perception of difference. Yes. And there's no difference. We're only souls. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Warren, you are, you you are the ultimate embodiment of, of everything that you invite us to be. And I Mm -hmm. am very grateful um, for you being here with us today. Thank you so much for expanding our being. Yeah, thank you for having me and for sharing your heart and your soul and what matters to you with me. Yeah, it's been delightful. Yeah, it's been a joy. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, We invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.